Tonight's not an accident that you're here. I mean, I don't know how you got here. Maybe this is your church. Maybe this is just some place that you visited. Maybe someone invited you to come tonight. But it's not an accident that you're here. And it's not an accident that we're celebrating on this night, a night that changed the history of the world. Literally the time when Jesus entered our space, when Jesus came into our world. It's an interesting time of year because uh, even though the sun is fading behind me, the sun went down just a few minutes ago, the darkness is actually fading. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Thursday was the winter solstice, and it was the shortest day of the year. Did you guys feel that on Thursday, how dark it was and how quickly it got dark? Tonight, the sun actually went down two minutes later than it did on Thursday. Did you realize that? I mean, you guys were probably paying close attention to that, weren't you? We got two extra minutes of sunlight today, and it was good because it was a beautiful day today. And you think about it, though, the, that little change, that little switch that no longer is it getting darker and darker and darker, but now it's beginning to get more light every single day. And in fact, every day moving forward, you're going to get about 60 seconds more light until we get to June 20th. Did you guys realize that was the, the peak of the light? And the light's going to change and it's going to grow. And it's, it's an important thing to think about, the fact that there's going to be more and more light. And that, that little change may seem insignificant. That little one minute that you get every day may seem like just a little bit. But small changes can sometimes have big effects. I think about a small couple that was walking around the town of Bethlehem that nobody really knew them, nobody really knew who they were, nobody really knew, you know, had a place for them to stay. They couldn't find anywhere to stay. And that small couple brought the Savior of the world to us. When you think about the small things that happen around us, the very little things that we notice, but I think about Joseph and Mary, and I think about how that must have been a very trying time for them. I mean, here we are, Mary, who is a virgin, but then still is the Son of God is inside of her, and, and somehow that's happened, and she's, she's been struggling to believe this miracle that took place. And then you have Joseph, who's, who literally had to take her at, her at her word. And then in a dream, an angel visits her and says to her, no, no, take Mary to be your bride-to-be. You need to, to be there to support her during this time. And then all of a sudden, something happens. The, the Caesar says there's going to be a census, and so they have to leave their home and go to a place in Bethlehem and here they are in Bethlehem, and they, they can't find a place to stay. And Mary is just, I mean, she is just ready to give birth to this child. Can you imagine how they're feeling in that moment? Can you imagine the questioning and, and what's going on in their minds as they're thinking about, really, this is, this is God's son, this, this is God's plan, that, that we don't have a place to stay, that, that we're going to have to find somewhere to, 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 for Mary to deliver this baby? And traditionally, we've, we have seen uh, there's a site in Bethlehem to this day that they think may be the cave that they ended up in. Now, there's no real evidence to that, but it's, it's where we celebrate that birth of Jesus. Can you imagine coming to your wife and she's expecting to give birth and the best thing you can come up with is a cave? Literally, that's exactly where they were in this moment. And can you think about the darkness that they were feeling in that moment? I remember when... Uh, Jan was pregnant with our daughter, Grace. And I remember how crazy I was. 
is this just, it was just me or do all fathers get crazy at this time? I mean, I I was just going through how I wanted this world to be a perfect place for her and I wanted everything to be right. And and one of the things that I was thinking of the week before uh, Grace was to come and to to join us in this world is I was thinking about, I want to make sure that our car is really safe for the ride home. And so uh, I, I took it to the local car shop and and, uh, you know, I got the, the brakes repaired. I put new brakes on it. And, and I even let these guys talk me into buying some brand new expensive Michelins. So I had four brand new tires on that car uh, for, the week, for the time that I brought Grace home from the hospital. And I was just so intense. I remember driving. My hands were at 10 and 4. And it just, I, you know, it's like I had never driven before. But now, now we had Grace in the car with us. I can't imagine what Joseph was feeling in that moment and the questions that he was dealing with and thinking about this world that he was bringing this child into and, and, and the world that they were living in. I mean, it was a world of oppression. Literally, the Roman government was in charge and, and the people of Israel were seen as, as second-class citizens. And, and now they've had to do this census and now they have to be, the various have to be born in a cave. I can't imagine what they were thinking. Now, we began the service with a song called The Bleak Midwinter. I don't know if it was winter. We don't know for sure the time of year that Jesus was born. But it certainly was a dark time. And I'm sure that Mary and Joseph felt the darkness. And as I was thinking about even the song that Susan just sung, I love that line where it says, The thrill of hope. And then the thrill of hope, it follows up with the line, a weary world rejoices. It's such a powerful line when you think about it. Because I feel as if the times that we live in, the space that we're in, it's a dark time. And I feel like our world is very weary right now. I feel like there's so many things that are going on in our world that are dark. Things that are happening, not just... uh, in other countries, but things that are happening in our country, you think think about the the idea that you know you didn't realize that last year alone, last year alone, one hundred and eleven thousand people died of drug overdoses in America. One hundred and eleven thousand. I mean, that's more than 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 I can think of that died in any recent war. One hundred and eleven thousand people we've lost. And then when you turn the news on, you think about what's going on in, in the Gaza Strip and the bombs that are, that are just going down. And, and whether, you know, there's evil people on both sides of that, but, but what's happening is these innocent families are, are, are being caught up in the middle and, and families and children and women and, and all this happening. And they say 20,000 people have been killed on, on the Gaza side. And then you think about the migrant families. I just saw on the news today that there's, there's thousands trying to cross the border Every day, and I don't, you guys may or may not know this about us, but Jan and I, we actually met on a mission trip. We went with our church down to a little border town uh, called Eagle Pass, Texas, which has literally been on the, the Today Show this past week. And in Eagle Pass, Texas, they had thousands of people who uh, are crossing the border, and, and then they, they don't know what to do with them. And, and these folks, I have met these people. I've met not those particular people, but we've been down, going down there for years since I think the first time I went was 1997. And we started working in this little town right across the border called Piedras Negras, which is the town on the other side, the Mexican side. 
with a mission that would build homes for families there. And we got to meet these folks, and we got to see them and hear their dreams and hear their visions and, and figure out why, why did they leave their homes to come to this border town in hopes to have a better life. And I see those things that are happening, and, it, and I think about the mass shooting that just happened in Prague at a university. I think about the darkness that's happening in the world. I think about these things, and, and I'm, I'm longing for some, something to rejoice Something to get past this weariness. One of my favorite pop songs of all time was by a guy named Steve Winwood. The second verse leads, goes like this. Things look so bad everywhere. In this whole world, what is fair? We walk the line and we try to see falling behind of what we could be. Worlds are turning and we're just hanging on, facing our fear and standing out there alone. But are we alone? Are we really alone in this? You know, the question that Steve is asking in that song is this. He says there's got to be a higher love. There's got to be something in this world that makes it make sense. He says without it, life is wasted time. He says look inside of your heart and look inside mine. And of course, and when we look to our hearts, there is evidence that there is a higher love. There is evidence that God does exist. You know, this is night that we're here to celebrate. It's, it's not just about singing songs and getting together with family and being well-dressed. And by the way, I just got to tell you guys, y'all look good tonight. I'm saying, I mean, really, y'all clean up really well. It's nice to see you in your Christmas best. But tonight is more than that. You know, tonight is about celebrating the fact that, that God did not want to leave us alone. The fact that God entered into our darkness, that Jesus literally came into our dark world to bring a light. And tonight, I love the visual of this, this star that we have and the way that the light shines upon the manger. I love the visual of that that's why Jesus came in the world was to bring a light. Psalm 139, David is speaking about how God loves him and God's care for him. And he says this, even the darkness, even when I'm in the darkest times, the darkness will not be dark to you, God. The night will shine like the day because with you, darkness is as a light. I love what Linus shared with us about these shepherds in the field. This morning we talked a little bit about why would God pick shepherds? Why would God choose to reveal himself to shepherds? But listen to what the angel said to him. The first thing the angel says to him is, do not be afraid. And as we're there in the darkness, as we're there in the dark things, we have to first hang on to that. That there is a reason not to fear. And that is because we are not alone. The angel says to those shepherds, Behold, I am bringing you good news. Not just good news, but it's good news that will cause great joy. It's good news that will bring great joy. Well, who is this great joy for? Because like, if I could figure out who the great joy is for, I would want to be in on that, wouldn't you? Like, Who is this great joy supposed to be for? What are these angels saying to these shepherds? He says that this 
good news will cause great joy. And it says this in the English for all the people. And so, you know, I like to get into these things sometimes and dig into them and say, well, what, what does that mean? Does that really mean all the people? What does that mean? Where, where is this joy? Why is it good news? And when I looked at the original Greek language, it literally means this. The first word is pos. And the word pos means all. I mean, it means the whole. And the second word is leos. And it means this. This is what's interesting. It means tribe. It means nation. It literally means people of all color, people of all race, people of all traditions, people of all languages. Literally, this good news is meant for everybody. It's not just meant for people who were born into money. It's not just meant for people who were born in one country instead of another country. It's not just meant for people who were born to, with, with one language or, or one religious tradition. Literally, this good news that the angel is talking about is meant to bring great joy for everybody, everywhere. And he says, behold. That's literally in the Greek. Behold. I, don't, I like that word, don't you? Like, what is that? Did you use behold in a regular sentence ever? I mean, you're talking to your friends. You say, behold. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've ever. I, I challenge you this week to use behold in an actual sentence. Okay. And if you can use it in a text message, then you're going to get extra points. And I want to see evidence. Okay. This week, use behold because it's such a deep and rich word. Think about it. He's like, literally, hey. Watch out. Look out. Behold this great joy, this good news. It's coming and it's for everybody. It's not just the normal joy. Now I hope and I pray and I, I, I really do want each of you to experience some real joy tonight, tomorrow, maybe a couple of times during your vacation when, when you're gathered together with family or with you're with friends or when you get together, I want you to experience some joy. I, I, I do over the next few days. But the truth of the matter is this. There's going to be a time you got to put the Christmas tree away. There's got to be a time where you're going to be, you're going to be putting those lights in the box and, then, and you're going to be taking the ornaments down. And I hope that you don't have an argument uh, because that tends to happen in those moments, you know, when the, when all the pine needles are falling all over the floor and and all that stuff, you got to put that stuff away. And I kind of wish that we could just keep the Christmas lights on like all the way through January, because January is a bleak winter month. You know what I mean? I just kind of it would be really cool just just let's just keep them on through through January. But there's going to be a time when eventually you got to turn the lights off and you got to put those things away. And a lot of time, those kinds of moments, you know, the joy fades. And there may have been good memories. There may have been great times. But the, but the joy fades. And this joy that the angel is talking about is a different kind of joy. It's a joy that doesn't come from your circumstance or from your situation. It's a joy that starts in here and then it radiates out. It's a joy that starts in here when you realize that God is for you. He is not against you. 
It's a, it's a joy that starts with the realization that God has stepped into your darkness to bring a light to your world. And that's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Jesus. Yes, this world is dark. And so much of this darkness has come from, from choices. Choices that people have made. Ways that we've drifted off as human beings. There's been times that some of us, you know, we've instead of, instead of loving, we've chosen to hate. There's been times that people have chosen to, to be judgmental instead of accepting. There's been times that we've held on to our anger and our bitterness instead of choosing to forgive. So many of us have chosen sometimes to hold on to fear instead of faith. Sometimes we've chosen to stay into the darkness instead of stepping into the light. I love how the Apostle John, this is in the John chapter 1, this is how he describes the coming of Jesus. This is how he describes Jesus entering this world. He says this, he says Jesus is the true light that gives light to everyone. That Jesus is the true light that gives light to everyone. Jesus was born, and when he was born, the light began, and the darkness started fading. So in your hands, uh, or maybe you put it on the floor, or maybe you didn't want your kids playing with it, and so it's, it's somewhere there. But I, I suspect most of you have a candle in your hand. I suspect that most of you are holding that. And you know what's so interesting about what you're holding is it has potential. It's not, it's not a light, but it has the potential of light. And in just a few minutes, we're going to sing a song called Silent Night. It's got to be one of our top ten favorite Christmas carols of all time, right? What a great song. And when we stand and we sing uh, Silent Night, we're going to have an opportunity to, to take that candle and someone will come past and, and they, will, they will take a light that they've received and they're going to spread it to someone. And then you spread that light to the next person. And that person spreads the light to the next person. And then they spread the light to the next person. And then I suspect that someone in the back back there who, who's smarter than me will turn these lights off. And it'll be completely dark in here. But then as the lights begin to spread, what will happen to this room is it will literally become light. You think about it, that's exactly what happened with Jesus. When he came to this world, he brought a light. A light that was needed. A light that could change things. A light that could help us to, to experience forgiveness instead of holding on to resentment. A light that could, that could help us to turn from hate and start turning towards love. A light that could help us to let go of anger and bitterness and envy. A thing that could start to change everything. And what we're going to do out here is the perfect example of what we can do out there. Not just in this room. That light that you're carrying that comes from Jesus, it's now our opportunity to take that light from this room and carry it out to people who are living in darkness. People who are experiencing the, the dark things in life and the, and the gross things of life. We have an opportunity to make a difference by, by being those kind of people who forgive and who love and who show kindness and sh show joy. And people who change the situation, we don't just live in it. 
We don't just put up with it until it's over. We actually begin to believe that God is doing something in this world. And I think about that Mary and Joseph. I think about them huddled in a cave. Maybe alone. Giving birth to a baby. What a crazy situation this is. They had to have felt all alone. Mary, she, she gathered cloths, clothing. I don't know what she had. And then the only thing that they could find, like Joseph, she's like, Joseph, I can't hold this baby anymore. And he's got to find something to put, her, put the baby in. And they say that he found the feeding trough. Like that's, that's the best he could do. And, and that's where they laid the baby. And in that moment, they must have felt abandoned and alone. And you know what God did in that moment? Did you hear the story that Linus told? In that moment when Mary and Joseph felt alone, he ripped open heaven. He ripped open the sky and he brought this group of angels. And he brought this group of angels to talk to a group of shepherds. And the shepherds saw this and they thought, what in the world? And they said, we got to go see. We got to go see this thing. We got to go see what's happening. And the shepherds, can you see Mary and Joseph as as they're sitting there in this cave and maybe with a little fire and trying to figure out what's going on. And now all of a sudden they see someone coming up to them, approaching them. Maybe Joseph was scared at first. Maybe he didn't know what to think. You know, are these people going to hurt us or do I need to protect Mary? I don't know. But then as they spoke, they began telling him the story about how the angels came to him how they saw the glory of the Lord, how they saw these heavenly hosts, and how they said, we've got to go see this, this thing the Lord has told us about. And now all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph, who were alone in the cave, they're not alone anymore. God has brought these shepherds to be at their side. And Mary, she hung on to her faith. She believed the angel that she was special, that she'd been chosen. Joseph, now he knew that dream was not just a dream. Literally, the shepherds had heard angels confirming the message. They knew it. All of heaven had been opened to them. And it says this. This is one of my favorite verses in the entire story. Literally, it says this in verse 19. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. I wonder what dreams you've brought in here tonight. I wonder what moments in your life that you have been you know, discouraged that the darkness has become too great for you. That hopelessness has set in where maybe you have felt alone in this world. But tonight I have encouragement for you. You are not alone. The light has come. And it came through a child named Jesus. Jesus entered our darkness so that you could experience light. And the light was Good. It was a good message. It was a message for everyone. From everywhere. Every tribe. Every nation. 
It's a light that changed the course of history. But it can also change the course of the future. Your future. My future. Our future. We got to go from this place and we got to be a light, man. This world needs us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for not leaving us alone to figure this out on our own. Thank you for not leaving us in the dark, but coming to be our light, the true light that's coming into the world. And Lord, I pray that we would allow that light, allow your love, allow the message to sink into our souls so that they would be lit with that same fire. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. 